0: My name's Lloyd Danzig, and on this podcast, we explore the topics and trends that are shaping the creation and dispersion of artificial intelligence around the globe. Welcome to the AI Experience. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone, for joining us for another episode. Uh, Today, we'll be talking about what I think is a pretty cool sort of next-gen, seemingly sci-fi futuristic concept. Uh, but one that is certainly very much the current reality and, and in development today, and that's the topic of AI avatars. And, and by AI avatars, what we mean is a virtual 3D model of a person, uh, kind of like a character from The Sims uh, that, as time goes on, will be perhaps photorealistic to the point of almost being indistinguishable from, you know, the human that they are representing uh, or or meant, uh, you know, to take the place of. Uh, And of course, this could be for real people. This could be for movie characters, celebrities, politicians, athletes, you name it. And the reason why there has been such an influx of interest and funding into these types of companies and technologies is the number of use cases uh, that have economic incentives associated with them as well. Uh, perhaps the chief, uh, primary motivator, uh, has, has been the idea of using AI avatars as virtual assistants. Uh, not only now is our conversational AI tools used in chatbot text format, uh, to deal with customer service and customer onboarding and various types of, of assistance, uh, but, but the idea is that, you know, people maybe don't love talking to chatbots or computerized voices, but could enjoy a customer experience, talking to a photorealistic human avatar. Um, And I think we can probably envision how this could also go wrong and be incredibly frustrating, but uh, that is at least one of the premises under which the development of these technologies has started to grow. It also is used in, in video gaming. Uh, You know, it is a great interest of people using photorealistic avatars of themselves for persistent representations of their identity in cyberspace in something like the metaverse, uh, as well as more ephemeral uh, use cases. uh, Again, where the creation of avatars of these virtual 3D representations of persistent pseudo anonymous or non at all anonymous entities in identities in cyberspace. Uh, communication, uh, even just, you know, casual communication. Samsung has a functionality, I believe, called the Samsung Augmented Reality, the Samsung AR emoji, uh, and Apple has the Apple Memoji. Uh, and these are, you know, again, avatar-type functionalities that allow you to convey more expressive, uh, emotionally deep types of communications over a digital format. Uh, corporate training is another popular use case. Uh, people who have, listeners who have worked at large corporations have probably sat through likely outdated training videos, uh, you know, that onboard them. And the idea is that I believe Walmart actually is already doing this. They have these digital human avatars that train their staff for Black Friday. Uh, you know, uh, Tailspin, uh, is another company created an avatar, uh, called Barry that trained HR teams for difficult conversations. You know, Barry would basically listen to HR employees, uh, as they deliver the news that he would be fired and then would react accordingly based on how they deliver the message, allowing that HR employee to practice, although this does seem almost a bit ghoulish, practice firing people, uh, and get almost real, real, perhaps in quotation marks, feedback uh, without actually, you know, uh, doing that in, in a live deployment uh, scenario. Uh, digital influencers. This is another interesting, perhaps ethically fraught one uh, where there is a need or at least a perceived need uh, to have not only digital representations of influencers, but perhaps influencers that only exist as avatars, uh, but become persistent personalities and identities uh, that can be used to influence uh, decisions. Uh, There's also the idea that there will be human replacements uh, for low wage jobs, Uh, you know, greeters at different apartment complexes and office buildings and, uh, you know, things where there is a desire to have some form of, you know, human interaction or at least interaction, uh, but it is not exactly clear what level uh, and, and what type and, and in what depth. Uh, there's also, you know, uh, at the corporate level, the idea that if you want to provide customer service, uh, you can train a virtual avatar uh, and use perhaps a an NLP model like GPT-3 to give every single customer of Facebook, for example, uh, the option to have a one-on-one conversation, not with Mark Zuckerberg, but with a Mark Zuckerberg avatar that can listen, gesticulate, make facial expressions, and answer just as Mark would in situations that were like those based on his historical speech patterns. Uh, and this actually gives rise to an interesting topic that's also been the topic of sci-fi books and, and uh, movies of preserving the memory of loved ones, uh, where you know you can train uh, an AI system and combine it with visual data to essentially bring loved ones back to life or at least be able to have a conversation almost indistinguishable from an authentic one with that person, uh, you know, based on the preserved memory or or data, uh, data uh, representation of their memory. Uh, And, you know, in all of these cases, in addition to the one potential obvious benefit being the scalability and automatability of this, there's also the iterability and, and the fact that you can improve very quickly in mass. You know, an AI can basically go back, you know, let's say you have Walmart deploying, uh, you know, an AI for customer service. It can very quickly aggregate all the conversations it had, uh, what all the different people are thinking and do a sentiment analysis and use that to provide valuable insights. To management. And there's also, I think, you know, other trends that are leading to the popularity and interest in these avatars. Video games, uh, Fortnite in particular, is growing this idea of massive interactive live events. I believe they do 11, 12, 13 million person concurrent concerts uh, in, in the Fortnite platform, in the Fortnite world. Uh, and again, people are interested in differentiating the avatar uh, and the way they express themselves and their personality. Uh, within this digital space. And in addition, people are just getting more comfortable talking to digital beings, uh, whether that is Siri, whether that's Alexa, uh, or, or whether that's, you know, other types of conversational AI tools uh, that have become just a lot more commonplace. Um, and what's interesting is there's a lot of different technologies uh, that that have to interrelate and interplay here uh, for AI avatars to to grow and take the role uh, that they are expected, or at least, you know, that their promoters hope that they will. Uh, There's the NLP and NLG algorithms that have to interpret speech and recreate the speech patterns of the person that the avatar represents. And then you got your computer vision and image recognition tools that will, first of all, replicate the emotions of the person the avatar is representing and also interpret user input, nonverbal user input. And then you have your virtual reality, augmented reality and you know 3D animation technologies uh, that, that help instantiate the, the avatar itself. And there are a number of startups uh, that are raising significant amounts of capital. Uh, one called Soul Machines uh, recently raised a $40 million Series B after being featured in a, in a YouTube documentary. Uh, And I believe they snagged uh, Procter & Gamble and uh, the Royal Bank of Scotland as as clients. Samsung is incubating an AI avatar effort called Neon. Uh, Unique has BMW and Vodafone as clients. Uh, The AI Foundation raised $10 million, uh, I think, in 2018. Uh, as it works on making interactive avatars out of celebrities, in particular, uh, and Aletheia AI, another company uh, that recently raised, uh, and I actually tested out and demoed their Darth Vader uh, avatar, and, and was able to ask questions, you know, who is Luke Skywalker, uh, and, and and get those answers. Uh, and, and there's some important considerations. Uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this podcast is an extension of the nonprofit that I run, dedicated to the ethical issues in the artificial intelligence space, uh, emotional connection uh, is is one, you know, what is the value of emotional connection in face-to-face interactions? Are there places where that simply can't be replicated or uh, substituted for? And to what extent might this lead to a degradation in emotional connection as people get more and more used to interacting uh, with digital beings in in various contexts? Uh, And when it comes to generating human responses, uh, you know, there is almost something uh, potentially concerning about an AI-powered, algorithmically informed tool using the data that it has available to us to manipulate us through various situations and conversations uh, and produce whatever particular outputs or results it is optimized for. Uh, And just, you know, mimicking how the brain interprets conversation is not easy to do. Uh, There are a lot of very complicated aspects to how communications, verbal and nonverbal, get interpreted uh, by the brain and and by the human psyche, uh, not at all straightforward to replicate in an AI product. Uh, And and there are some potential downsides. You know, it's a bit unsettling uh, almost to think about all of the fake digital beings that you might be in conversation with. How might you feel if you found out that a really long, robust conversation you recently had with a customer service agent uh, where you really connected and shared some jokes uh, was actually uh, not a person at all, but but an AI bot. Uh, it's unclear how people will respond to that. Uh, there's a maybe feeling of, of disingenuity. Uh, you know, if, if you really want to provide me with good customer service, have your executive make the time to talk to me himself or herself or uh, otherwise hire a, a capable customer service staff, you know, rather than just outsourcing it to a carbon copy AI avatar uh, that isn't even a real person? Uh And, you know, would you feel insulted if you got passed off to a digital concierge or, you know, a digital version of your key contact? Uh You know, wouldn't that almost be saying, ah, I don't need this anymore. You know, the, the automated algorithmic version of me can handle you uh, because of, you know, whatever reasons. Uh, maybe it would be annoying, uh, just like you get annoyed with with customer service phone labyrinths uh, today. Uh, so, you know, in, in summation, it's this very fascinating topic of AI avatars. It comes at a time when NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, are being discussed, and, and the cryptographic authentication that they provide is also Something that is often spoken about in the world of AI avatars, uh, the crossover potentially being that many AI avatars may one day exist or soon exist as non fungible tokens. Uh, perhaps your Fortnite player and your skins, uh, or perhaps your official, you know, persistent online metaverse avatar for Decentraland, whatever it's going to be. Becomes tokenized, uh, and that way, first of all, they can be traded and, and commoditized, but also they can be authenticated, uh, which is one of the main benefits that blockchain technology provides. Uh, although that, of course, you know, is probably a topic for not only another episode but an entirely different podcast. Uh, so, with that, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. This has been another episode of the AI Experience.